How's it going, everybody? Jeff Slakey here at the EDC offices, and I'm talking with Joe Schmidt and Jennifer Beria about the Recompetes Act. It's a big thing that came in under some of the federal signing of some legislature and some legislation over these last couple of months, and it is and could prove to be a big boost to Mason County. How are you both doing? Fantastic. Busy. Busy, yeah. <laughs> you guys have been busy. I've seen that Representative Kilmer was in town. Mm -hmm. yes. uh, the Undersecretary of Commerce for the whole nation was here as well, checking out what we have to offer in Mason County and around the state. So talk to me a little bit about first how that visit was, and then the purpose of this is to help me understand and the listeners understand what this recompete is and why Mason County's uh, up for it. Absolutely. I'll start. Please. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't tag team who was going to start and right. who was going to go first. Uh, but she hit the nail on the head. Uh, Congressman Kilmer, who's worked in economic development before, he's from a rural area, really saw the need that rural areas don't have the kind of funding support or the ability to go after that funding that they do in urban areas and really wanted to build and offer a program that was specific to distressed rural areas to be able to access that same kind of funding that can help us exponentially be able to improve our situation here in, in rural America. It is a nationwide plan, which makes it a little daunting because that's way more competitors than we want. Mm -hmm. um, but it's specific to building um, some place-based development. It allows us to look at our area and say, what do we need within our boundaries or our region, depending on how you've set it up, but where could we use funding and what could we use to remove those barriers to get out of our way to get development moving forward? So, What are some of these barriers? I was talking with some of the city of Shelton council members the other day, and we were talking about uh, grant opportunities and the Usually you have to have some sort of match to get some skin in the game there. Is it those types of uh, a 5% match or being able to have that cash on hand to accept these grants? Is that one of the barriers or is it, a, is it people having barriers because of the past circumstances or how does that work? Barriers, barriers of entry for some of the federal grants are... Um, the one one of the one of the barriers is grant match money. Um, a twenty percent grant match, a lot of times on the EDA Economic Development Administration grants, is is sometimes pretty pretty tricky for us locally, um, because a lot of those grants have a minimum ask in like the tens of millions or more. Wow. Um, so it's it's bigger bigger chunks of of uh, of capital um, and. Um, that is where we see the advantage of working with our federal partners and Representative Kilmer. Um, and kind of rolling back to an EDC event we had three years ago at the Ridge Motorsports Park, and uh, Congressman Kilmer came out and visited us there. And we had a few minutes to bend his ear, and we asked, you know, he kind of got a chance to talk with him a bit, and he kind of asked the question, what can I do to help Mason County? And, and we basically said, we need cash. We need a cash injection. We've got, we're losing opportunities. We're getting, Jennifer gets a lot of inquiries from, uh, business wanting to locate in Mason County. It's an attractive place to locate. And uh, we just don't necessarily always have the infrastructure right. that they're needing. Um, a lot of them are looking for buildings to move into that are already ready to go. Um, and we just were not, we weren't ready. And we don't have that uh, upfront cash to uh, kind of extend the pipes and extend the broadband to wherever. Um, so um, a lot of times they either develop, the development itself has to foot that bill, which 
ultimately doesn't you know cost pencil out for him. Um, so then we lose those opportunities. Um, and so we shared that with with Congressman Kilmer, um, and he started to ta- tell us about the Recompete Act mm-hmm. that he was working on, uh, bipartisan legislation, um, and basically the goal with uh, Recompete is uh, to make it easy for communities like ours, distressed communities. Um, uh, where you don't have teams of grant writers, you don't have huge um, amounts of cash for grant matches, and um, have it on a repeatable cycle. So um, over a period of ten years, um, uh, initial financing uh, looked like you know um, ten million dollars a year for ten years, and that's a huge chunk of money mm-hmm. for Mason County. And everything boiling down now, it's uh, not a hundred million dollar ask today. It's more about a 50 to 55 million dollar ask, mm-hmm. which is still a considerable amount of money for us locally. Uh, but that is going to get us um, kind of on the right path. So we can start putting uh, the right infrastructure in place um, in a coordinated way and uh, hopefully um, start attracting um, other, other industry, other business to Mason County and diversify our commercial landscape. They also added into it strategic planning funds. Another barrier that we have here is even if you were able to go after the funds and and dedicate all of that time and energy, you don't often have the staff to support even applying for it, let alone the reporting side of it that comes with it. So the flexibility in this to be able to get some of those strategic development dollars to help plan for the bigger pot of money um, is something that I haven't seen before in any of the the federal outputs. So is this money uh, going to be available to the EDCs, the cities, the county, or are there also opportunities for specific individuals to request this for improvement for their land or something like that? So it's specific, it's sort of specific. So <laughs> what, what the EDA is allowing us to do is really say, who are who are your partners and what does the plan look like? So the process is really to give it, for the first round, to give an overview of what you see the big ask the application for. So the work that we've been doing over the last few months is pulling together all of those partners, all of those different types of projects, workforce development, housing, um, infrastructure is a big one as our development areas don't have a lot already existing and that takes time. Um, So looking at those different kinds of partners and bringing them together before we put in that application. So that's the work that's been happening to build that coalition, which at our last stakeholders meeting got named Ignite Mason. Joe was our brilliant neighbor on that. Very nice. <laughs> um, to to be able to say it's not just one project, it's not even just five projects. It's really a concentrated look at probably 20 different projects and how they can all fit together and what different buckets can actually work forward. Um, if it's workforce development, if it's CTE redevelopment of the college campus to really see that start to engage us. So it's not necessarily money that an individual could come to at a later date. It's everybody kind of coming together now and saying, these are the identified projects. An individual can get involved in that process and be part of the the stakeholders group and engage at that level if they want to, or they can do it through their public representation if they're in the county watch the county meetings, watch the briefings that happen with them. Um, we definitely want to, the uh, big push right now is to get out to the community members because there's definitely pockets 
business, individual, at home, entrepreneurial efforts um, that that we don't hit on the everyday. So hitting everybody's different networks, hitting your neighborhood that KMAS goes into um, helps us be able to reach out to different different pockets in the community. So let's say you get some money that's uh, dedicated to helping a project that's within the city of Shelton Limits. Mm-hmm. Is there additional um, requirements for the city to participate in this or is it all part of the, the overall recompete? It's all part of the overall recompete. Yeah. Um, it's it really is everybody kind of stepping in and saying, okay, here's the list of projects and it ran the gamut. The city put in projects, yes, but they're not the only projects. So what needs to come first? So fifty million dollars is a big pot of money, but I don't think it'll come as a surprise. That's only the first step. We're going to still need additional funding after that. So what projects need to go first before some of those other projects can happen? Mm -hmm. And the city definitely has projects that need to come before a county, but not necessarily need to come before something at um, the PUD3, maybe. That's not the order that they're going in, but it really is them coming, the partners coming together and saying we agree moving this forward. It's not necessarily the city's project needs to move forward first. It's which one makes more sense okay. to the opportunities that we have coming in, yeah. um, the different areas that businesses are looking at. Does it make more sense to put in this project where nobody's looked or to put in a project where companies and businesses have already looked? So, And who sits through and kind of prioritizes that list? It's not a first in, first out kind of basis. So... If a project does come in and it looks good, who are the stakeholders who move that to the top? Between the coalition members, you know, we have um, basically like an executive group that is steering this um, along and working. We are working very closely with. Uh, we've retained a consulting firm, the Ridge Policy Group, out Thank of you for them. Washington D.C. <laughs> yes. Uh, one thing we realized too is when we were going, even though we kind of initiated the conversation around, you know, we don't have. Um, grant writers and consultants that we can uh, just bring on. But we did realize we did need to fund that. And the coalition members funded uh, bringing on um, uh, the Ridge Policy Group as well as um, a grant writer who is going to work uh, collectively with us and help us basically narrow down those lists of projects and ensure that all of the projects together are working towards one of the areas we're working towards is lowering the crime age employment gap. Uh, there's that that gap of folks in, in the community age 25 to 54 who are of prime age to be working. But and, <laughs> and just about 70% of those people are, are actually working in Mason County. So there's a, there's a significant number of people um, that are eligible and capable, um, you know, to, to be working in the workforce. And um, there's, there's not a job locally for mm-hmm. them. And so that's part of that diversification of, of our uh, job market in Mason County is to try to get more of those people to work because um, that will, well, when they're working, there's money in their pocket and they'll circulate that capital in the community, which is, which is what we want, which is, which is good for us. And uh, um, so that's one of the things with all of those projects, while they may be geographically all over the county, and different types of projects from career and technical education to putting sewer lines in the ground. The goal, though, being that they're going to support 
those jobs, those core jobs that are going to be sustainable in Mason County for the future, and not just one industry specific like we've been for decades. This was part of the Chips and Science Act. Is mm-hmm. that the one the president signed? Yeah. So the law's going. Mm-hmm. What's the timeline on seeing money come in and kickstarting this thing? Well, I'd say the federal government's moved fast, but it's yeah. not fast. <laughs> it, never feels, it never feels fast, but never this is actually fast. moving quite quickly, yeah. believe it or not, okay. compared to other programs. Yeah. The, the first round application, our deadline is October 5th, and we don't have the next deadline in which to move. Once they announce those award winners, um, you've got to get through that process to be eligible for the implementation dollars, the big pot of money. Right. So... Um, my guess is that we'll get the deadline and the next notice of funding opportunity probably February, yeah. end of January, February. Yeah. I was I'm wondering because I, you know, a lot of times we we hear about these things that come out mm-hmm. and they're super exciting mm-hmm. and a year, two, three years down the road nothing really happens. I'm trying to remember <clears throat> what it's called. The there's like a tax area that near the Port of Shelton. Uh, the economic opportunity oh, zone. Yeah, the opportunity <laughs> zone. Yeah, yeah. I remember <laughs> when that came through mm-hmm. and that was the next big thing and yep. we were going to be able to really, you know, kickstart yeah. the community and and for whatever reason I haven't seen a lot from that. Yeah. But do you get a sense that this is this is a good one, this is going to happen and it's going to be a benefit? I think it's, it's slightly different from economic opportunity okay. zones okay. because... Opportunity zones were specific to getting private investment into that area as a a way to kind of mitigate and help with development. This is hard infrastructure, boots on the ground, removing those barriers that that really sit there. So um, you look at Sanderson Field and you think, oh, that is on 101. It's prime. We get a ton of businesses looking at that area. There's frontage. It's right there next to development that's already happening Mm -hmm. in the North Shelton area, but it does not have the electrical infrastructure to support a a business, Mm -hmm. let alone multiple businesses. Right. And then you look at the build out for those substations and it's three to five years. So even if they started now, we're not going to see the development happening or into completion until probably three years from now. So let's this this funding opportunity allows us to be able to say let's remove that let's get that out of the way so that as those businesses are looking at the area and coming in that they're able to move as quickly as they need to be able to move and not wait for us to do the infrastructure side of it as well so it's it is slightly different i feel like um opportunity zones was a lot more passive this is a lot more um us directed and us being able to to say let let's yeah. move let's get it out and that's i'm glad you brought that up because the economic opportunity zones while or you said it sounded great is um you know uh, uh, some deduction or forgiveness on capital gains i believe and uh you know so the investment in there whatever profit potentially gained um there was a tax incentive for anybody to invest and we never really saw any interest Mm -hmm. i mean there was some tire kicking you know businesses would come and make offers or come up with concepts uh, but nothing really 
nothing really came to fruition, nothing really serious. And that was a talking point with mm-hmm. Congressman Kilmer we did bring up. He said, yeah, even with the opportunity zones, we're, we're still not seeing interest. And even even further, you know, we, we work very closely with our 35th district delegation, uh, Senator McEwen, Representative Couture and Griffey, um, and they actually worked with us, uh, the city, to forgive a $2.22 million latecomers agreement um, in that area. So essentially what would have happened in the past is any businesses that would be connecting to that city water utility that right. was initially funded by the state of Washington to go to the State Patrol Academy and the prison, um, and the state to recover their costs for the extension of that utility applied a latecomers agreement. Well, we had been hearing for years about the the uh, the impacts of that latecomers agreement because that's just another cost yeah. on development. Um, and we worked real close with our 35th district, the state level, to get that basically wiped clean um, a couple of ses- legislative sessions ago. Time kind of marched on, and we kind of still we're not seeing growth. And you know, we've been again, we've been talking about it, and um, we we really need a catalyst. You know, we really needed that uh, that cash injection to try to move the needle. And now, um, you know, we've we've talked about hotel development, and we've we've talked about other opportunities at the Port of Shelton. Twenty five percent of the buildable industrial land in Mason County is at Sanderson Field at the Port of Shelton, and having modern utilities and and access to you know robust utility there. Um, could really take off. And so we're, we're wanting to support that. Um, and then ultimately the ancillary benefits, if we put those sewer lines and broadband in the ground, um, well, not just business can connect to that, but residential communities mm-hmm. as well. And we know we have some underserved communities in, in Mason County for sure. Um, so this is an opportunity to not only um, try to bring business to the community, but also take care of those other challenges that we've been trying to deal with along the way as well. So, um, you know, kind of try to get the biggest bang for the buck if we can. Yeah. Well, and nothing's, it's uh, tough to talk about the development that could happen um, and how this could be a big major support because it really could be. But the the work that's been going around it hasn't stopped and recompete. You know, we're not putting this together to say, oh, well, recompete will come along. Those entities that are partners that are looking at these development areas as as things we need in order to be able to improve where we are, they're still working through different plans. If recompete doesn't work out, then then we're going after other grant funding opportunities. We're going after um, other ways to fund sewer, or other ways to get sub substations built. It's not going to be the end all be all. It really is is a tool that we can use to get to that next step. And as growth happens around that, then other other issues are going to come up, and you're going to see other things that take priorities. And that's kind of where you move on mm-hmm. to that next step. You mentioned October fifth. So, what are some of the things that either the listeners can do to learn more about this or to get involved themselves? We are doing a big marketing push on our social medias. So, please feel free to to join up to really start to educate you. I think the community involvement and and that outreach is really going to help us in phase two. But that education side of it, I'm wanting to get everybody on that same page to really know what those different entities are doing or moving forward to, um, I think is a really big push. And then would would more community engagement help when it comes to people in D.C. looking at Mason County yeah. as on the list? 
Good, the right engagement, absolutely. Right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. and, and, and what I'll say on that is, is, is uh, you know, growth is, is a scary thing, right? And I know a lot of people, um, I moved to Mason County because of the rural nature of Mason County, right? I, I love living here for that reason. Um, and yeah, when you start talking about, hey, we want to bring business in, and, you know, you start to think about that. And, and I, and I, and I, and I can totally understand how people can be afraid of that. And I mean, where we're at, that's right up in front of our mind. Mm-hmm. And um, we we want to make sure that growth happens in a managed way that is uh, sustainable and takes into account the values that we have in Mason County. So we want to make sure that we kind of vision this and design this in the right way. And that's where we need the community's engagement, that right engagement, not an anti-growth approach or um, or, or, or just let it happen with no regulatory uh, back, pre- you know, no, no regulatory pressure or anything like that. It, we, want, we want folks to think about this and think about what the community is going to look like in the next 25, 50, 100 years. And this is really that time where, where we're going to kind of redefine things because, again, we've gotten to a point locally where, you know, um, as is today, uh, local government speaking, it's the costs um, have outpaced uh, revenue. And um, I have to provide clean water when you turn on your tap and when you flush the toilet, it has to be treated and it has to be dealt with in an appropriate way. And those costs just continue to rise. And um, I, I cannot tax and we cannot, you know, put that pressure back on this community as is. We need some growth uh, to, to shoulder some of that. And um, I think, again, if we do this like we're doing today, I feel like we got a good team, good coalition of people, the right, the right values, the right ideas. And I think we'll do this in the right way and, and we'll, get, we'll be successful in the long run. It's exciting. Well, Very and good. One of the comments we get a lot um, is our biggest export is our youth. Sure. If, if, yeah, if, people. If we, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's people. If we can't figure out how to create those job opportunities for them to either educate and come back or start their career pathway in at the beginning and work up through, then we're going to continue to export our youth. And the way that we stop that is to build and provide the opportunities for them Absolutely. to look at here. Um, so that, that yeah. really just... Yeah, I firmly you, and I firmly believe. sized it well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I and I do believe um, as a goal of all of this um, that that is actually an attainable goal in the short term. Mm-hmm. Um, that that jobs do come to Mason County. That uh, students are going to graduate from a local high school and they'll get a good paying job and they'll be able to plant roots here and and do what their families did mm-hmm. when they were growing up. And that's just a really cool thing uh, to realize is within reach right now. So it's, and we'll it's still nice. be rural. We still will yeah. be growing, but we'll be able to support ourselves right. and yeah. not have to worry about yeah. about losing yeah. our most important people. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It's the Recompete Act. It's all part of the Chips and Science Bill that was signed by the president this year. And you can learn more about it. We'll put the links to the show notes and how it is impacting Mason County here with Joe and Jennifer in the EDC offices. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having us.